Pandemonium Reigns. Pandemonium Reigns podcast. What is up? It's your boy Mike flying solo with you to take a look at the national championship game, the last game of our college football regular season uh, for the 2023 season, of course. Don't I say every time that I come on here solo, don't I come on here and say, and also when, you know, when Dan's with me, don't I say to soak it up, to enjoy it, because, well, Monday night's game is approaching, whether we want it to or not, at a rate that we have no control over. Time has just flown. The season is all but over. All that's left to do is to crown a national champion. Will it be the offense that 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 Michael Penix Jr., those ridiculous receivers, Kalen DeBoer, Dylan Johnson, that they have to go along with their moderately fosty defense that's plenty capable? I mean, they're here for a reason. They ran through. They came out of the Pac-12. They beat Oregon twice for a reason. Um, you know, we've talked about how the Pac-12 would line up in a year like this year with even, I think, your Big Ten, certainly your ACC, the bottom half of your SEC that was kind of booty cheek terrible this year. You know, we've talked about it. Um, Michigan, the the combo that they have with their vicious, old school, I mean, just ferocious defensive line, and they pair a secondary that goes with it that just sets up for an incredible game on Monday. Um, it, it's probably going to be a little bit shorter of an episode uh, just because we talked about uh, – we, we we implicated this game so much. We may not have named it outright uh, when we talked about the the Rose Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, uh, the, the recap of the first round of the playoff. We talked about it so much. We've talked about these teams all year, but it is the natty. It is upon us. And I just, you know, how could how could we not, uh, how could we be doing ourselves, doing our listeners justice if I didn't just at least pop on here, uh, give some previews, predictions, what I expect to happen, what I want to happen. I'm going to tell you, um, I'm going to roll with a couple of my friends, a couple of my uh, longtime acquaintances that I know. I'm going to roll with their Wolverine. It's been, well, it's been 26 years, I can tell you, because it's been 20 five years for Tennessee, uh, Michigan sharing the, the 97 championship, uh, the year before Tennessee won it following the 98 season, you know, I'm going to roll with my boys because of that factor, my friends, the people that I know, um, I don't know any UW fans, but I don't, I don't mind what they're doing at all. If they just, unfortunately they're going against a team that I've got some, you know, third party, uh, rooting interest for right now. I'm not saying Michigan is America's team. I'm not saying you should go one way or the other. I'm just rolling with my boys. Uh, you know who you are. We thank you for listening. <sighs> what to expect in this game? Now, that's that's a tough question. This is honestly, as much as we talked about this game directly, indirectly, as much as we talked about these teams, like I'm sitting here, you know, going on and on about, which we've done all year because they're fantastic. I, my expectations, I could see so many things happening. I think it's going to be a fantastic game. I think a blowout, even a, I think a comfortable win by either team would really be surprising um, unless the moment just gets too big for, for one team or the other. 
Um, you know, maybe if Phoenix or McCarthy come out and they throw an early pick like like McCarthy almost did in the Rose Bowl, like he did, he was just kind of saved by Caleb Downs jumping from out of bounds, you know. Maybe they came out too too tight or flying over the rails way too hot, you know. Something like that goes on. Things get crazy, you know. Look at the 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 previous Super Bowls and, and look at the, the previous natties where things did get out of hand. We only have to look back one year, uh, although that was due to the caliber of the teams in the matchup. I think we're a little better matched this year uh, just because of the strengths of each team and how well they, they protect their weaknesses. I mean, you don't make it this far in such impressive fashion very often and have just glaring weaknesses or, you know, subpar talent. And I think Michigan has really got the best group that they've had definitely during their three-year run of playoff appearances. Um, for one, your leaders that are that are still there that have not gone on to the professional ranks or graduated out, your vet, you know, there are veterans. Your leaders are veterans. Quorum, nobody even expected to be a college football player in in our in our Arbor this year uh, because of what he's done on the field prior. Um, you know, that's kind of new to today's game where you see a guy like that come back. Wonder if we'll see more of that for sure with running backs with just the to me criminal devaluing of their position in the NFL. I don't get it. I think there's a, a sharp difference still in my mind. I know that I'm an old school thinker, uh, even if I'm not that old of a guy. But, you know, I think there's a sharp difference between a team that has a true weapon, a true running back one, a true someone that can run run the ball for you, they can catch it out of the backfield. I'm not saying Christian McCaffrey, but, I mean, seriously, look at, look at teams like that versus teams that just have a mid-round draft pick or someone that they have on the cheap or someone still in the rookie contract that they know they're not going to pay again. I think there are differences. I think it's so valuable to bring back. And, you know, obviously it's a no-brainer in college because you don't, even if you're among the Blue Bloods, you don't just have a Blake Quorum every day. I think we're looking at a couple years now for even Alabama, the run that they've been on of running backs. Uh, and I'm not saying Jameer Gibbs wasn't special, but, you know, they used to have two or three deep of some pretty stout dudes, definitely dudes that would make it to the NFL, they weren't all Derrick Henry, but they were all pretty dang good, especially in college. Um, you know, I wonder if that's a trend that we'll see now. Um, I wonder if, and this is going as far off topic of the national championship game as, as one could go, but I even wonder if something like Quinshawn Judkins entering the transport, transfer portal, a guy that has has somewhat come into the, the, the zip code of records that Herschel... Walker holds, uh, you know, I wonder if he's in the portal because he knows when he gets to the next level, unless he just is like, you know, the RB one of the NFL, that contracts are going to be, you know, slim there. He's not going to be valued. I wonder if it has something to do with that. I'm saying though, Michigan's leaders are, are either veterans or I think personally that they are faster. They are stronger. They look more like what we see out of an SEC team on a year-in, year-out basis. And again, I'm not someone that just beats the SEC drum. I don't do that. Y'all know that. If you know me outside of this show, you certainly know that. Uh, and we talked about it just, just recently, Dan and I. Uh, it's not what we do. But I think that's set up well for Michigan. And then for Washington, I mean, what a job bringing in receivers like this, having three dudes 
that are borderline or are definitive wide receiver ones in, in college is absurd. I mean, it's absurd. They, you know, I was, I was, I was hearing the other day, uh, maybe Dan sent this to me or maybe we talked about it on air, but I mean, seriously, Washington wanted to hire Matt Campbell out of, from, from Iowa state. You know, they wanted to pull him away. They wanted to be the team to do it. It didn't happen, obviously. So they went with their number two or, or supposed number two in Kalen DeBoer. Now, listen, before his time at Washington, you, you probably know Matt Campbell's name, even if you're a casual. If you knew if you knew Kalen DeBoer's name, really before again, Washington prominence being hired there, you're not a casual. You're in you're you're dialed into the sport. What a job that that takes that takes some luck. That takes some talent in your athletic department, in your school president, in the decision makers. Uh, and he's a, he's a really easy guy to root for. Washington has pulled, I'm going to say, a Matt Campbell type. Chris Peterson did some fantastic things, obviously, at Boise State, some unprecedented things, things that they're still trying to get back to. And, uh, you know, they were somewhat in the vicinity of with Brian Harson before he made the ill-advised move, the SEC and Auburn. But they're still trying to come back from that because of the guy and the the coach, the legend that Chris Peterson was there. And again, mad credit to Washington for filling their roster the way they have, for for bringing out of these guys what they have at this level. Because again, we talk about just in this year what it was to come out of that Pac-12. I mean, it was no easy feat. You know, the not so you know the the definite casuals, the media tops, the Heisman voters. Um, I'm trying to think if this list is any longer. I think that's as long as it goes. You could probably fit some others in. Those tops, again, the casuals, the 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 fake news media would have easily had you believing that it was USC's conference from day one. Why play the games? Uh, Caleb Williams comes back into the season as the Heisman favorite, which, I mean, we usually just don't see. We haven't seen in a long time a guy win uh, two Heisman trophies or back-to-back Heisman trophies. It just, it don't happen. Uh, and boy, did they pee down their leg. Despite despite USC being what they were, despite Colorado hiring the coach of the year and Deion Sanders in a team that went four and eight, those were not your your top teams, not even close to your, to your toughest teams, I think, in the Pac-12. You know, we talk about the Utahs, the the surging Arizona, uh, surging Arizonas. You know, um, Cal doing some things that nobody expected them to do. It's it's a conference that's playing as if they're on the rise. Unfortunately, they are breaking up. Um, the the whole band is being broken up with with your bottom two, so to speak, in what have been good teams going to the Mount West. But again, not an easy conference to to pull through the way that they did. What is still and maybe will always be. Especially, especially if Washington wins this game on Monday night, what will remain the oddest thing to me is that between their first win over Oregon and the follow-up win over Oregon in the the Pac-12 title game, Washington played some terrible ball. I mean, I was on here weekly saying, "Keep that up, and you're gonna you're gonna piss away a playoff run opportunity." You know, wasn't even a guarantee if you. If you, you know, imagine if there were more undefeated teams, you're probably getting left out. No matter you know, depending unless somehow you get the Alabama treatment, you're getting left out, or the Florida State treatment, I should say. But you know, I've been talking about how they were just 
trying to lose games, but now it makes it feel like they were a team of destiny or something. You know, the way that they, they just lackadaisically and especially after the immediately following the first Oregon win, I think is when that, that terrible, no offensive touchdown performance came against Arizona state, a defensive touchdown saved the day. Uh, I think the makeup of this team obviously had something to do with that in hindsight, which we always know is 2020, but just kind of, disinterested looking results too many games where it was like baby what is you doing uh trying to throw again a potential playoff run away and down the drain because I certainly don't think you get in with a loss even if you are the Pac-12 champ at that point when you have a Florida State undefeated that didn't get in in, in the 14 version but again how crazy that will be that they had that stretch that and it wasn't a short stretch I mean quarter half of the season you know, perhaps I can't remember the date that they first played Oregon, but it's it's been a minute. If they win this natty, coming off of a a portion of your season like that, how wild that'll be. Um, and then I think at that point, you'll definitely have, you know, Michigan feeling like they let one get away. Michigan, um, you know, again, talk about the time it's been. Look, this is the sport's all-time leader in wins. They talked about it in the lead up to the Rose Bowl. Nobody has, no program has won more games than Michigan, right? And it's been 26 years since their last national title. If you're Michigan, if you're a fan of Michigan, it would be, and obviously it's going to be devastating to either fan base when, if and when they lose. But how tough it would be as a blue blood, speaking from some experience here myself, um, how tough it would be to let this opportunity get away with a, with a, just a defense like that and, Again, a Blake Corum, it's it's over for him in college after this game. Uh, you know, J.J. McCarthy, I'm sure he'll be back. I'm sure you're, you're going to continue to recruit the quarterback position well or have a great opportunity to do that because of your history, because you had Tom Brady, you know, come through your program, because you currently have Jim Harbaugh, who's been good with quarterbacks at, collegiately and professionally. You know, things are going to – you're going to feel terrible uh, should that happen, you know. No, there's not even a need to say that. Everybody knows that the loser of the natty, it's it's going to feel like you'll never be back in that position. Um, however, I mean, I think both of these programs are just in a fantastic spot. I mean, DeBoer, I've talked about um, what the, how they built the team. I think they're built to especially be the 12-team playoff. Michigan, it should never go 26 years between national title game appearances. And, and again, speaking from hurt, <laughs> previous experience, all those things as a, as a, as a Vols fan and be again, having your back in this game, rooting for you, blue, big blue. I am. Um, yeah. All those things said, you just, you know, how you know, the feeling uh, if you let this slip away, <sighs> which I guess I've stalled enough about 15 minutes into this thing. I told you it'd be a shorter episode just because we've talked about them so much. And here I've rambled on yet again, it's like we love the sport or something over here at Pandemonium Reigns. Um, so let me not beat around the bush any longer. Let me go ahead and tell you about our great sponsor, and then I'll make my prediction if I can get the nerve to do it. And like I said, I want to tell you about one of our great sponsors, North Forsyth Training and Fitness. They are located 4015 Browns Bridge Road, and if you're in the coming area, you're looking to change your life physically, or join a new gym, NFTF is the place for you. We tell you all the time, owner, head coach, Jesse Foster, 
He's looking out for you. He's not just a gym owner, not in it just for the dollars. He's got all the credentials, all the experience to help you reach your goals. Uh, and he does that with classes that run 5.30, 7.30, and 9, as well as afternoons, 3.30, 4.30, 5.30, and 6.30. There is surely something that fits your schedule for you to join up with the good folks at NFTF. Uh, it's a community-driven gym. You'll not only achieve your goals, you'll do so with a group of people you'll call your community and your friends. So if you're interested in a new gym, hit up Jesse Foster, NFTF, 706-633-6609, and please let them know that the boys at Pandemonium Reigns sent you. All right, no more stalling. I've tried as long as I could, like I said. Don't have a clue, really, ultimately. I don't have a good read. I'll tell you what, my heart, again, is, is, is leaning Michigan, but my head, the, the facts that I, that I see, they're leaning purple, not, 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 not my rooting interest, but again, the signs, they do point a little Northwest here rather than, than a little blue. You know what I mean? You, I've seen people talk about the defenses that Washington has played. I've seen people talk about the offenses that, that Michigan have played in regards to how they statistically line up offensively and defensively, respectively. Again, what my head is kind of telling me, maybe, listen, Michigan fans, maybe I'm going so far as right now to try to reverse jinx you into winning this thing. I don't know. I'm rooting for you. But currently, what I'm seeing, the outcome of this game, is I'm seeing Washington. I'm seeing the the quarterback that I give the upper hand to as far as ability, the level that he played at against Oregon. First round of the playoff, Michael Penix Jr., the, the guy, the dude that he is. It's just the way that it lines up in my head. I hope for your sake, for, for again, my rooting's sake, that I'm wrong. For the purposes of predicting this game, I'm going to say Washington wins the game. They're going to do it, I think, 31 to 24. It's going to be a late, again, a late stop like it was against Texas, a late touchdown drive by the man, the myth, the legend, Michael Penix Jr. It could, I don't think it's going to be a remarkably high-scoring game, but I think it's going to be one of those where the execution level by the strengths of these teams, and again, masking their weaknesses, is just going to be a great game. I would be so, so disappointed, so shocked, again, to see a team run away with this. I really would, um, but... I know that defense wins championships, offense sells the tickets, brings the viewership, and here I am lining up in my prediction with, the again, the team that I'm giving the upper hand to offensively. Guys, just give us a great game. For the love of God, don't make us wait till September for another thrashing. I don't think we'll ever see another, you know, Georgia TCU. I don't think we'll ever see that again. God, please let us not. Um but again, I just I think it lines up as such a great game. No reason to me that it shouldn't be. And uh, we'll be, you know what? We'll be right back here one way or the other next week talking about where we might have been right, where I was wrong. Um, and I said we as if Dan had a part in, uh, you know, previewing this game and projecting projecting the score. But you know what? We, we win as a team and we lose as a team at Pandemonium Reigns. Nothing would help this team more uh, then for you to hit like, to subscribe, to give us a review. Let us know what you like, 
there's anything we could change, let us know what it is. If there's any topics with a off-season fastly approaching and really upon us now that we can traverse into, you know we love the theoretical scenarios. We love to go on rants. We're both old men yelling at the clouds, telling you to get off our lawn, and let's do that regarding college football because, well, it's going to be back to strictly talking season and uh, no more college football season in about 48, 72 hours time. We love you. We thank you so much for listening in. God bless. The Wolverines. Go Vols. GBL.